Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Perhaps one of the most illustrious names in all of Torah jewelry over the past few hundred years is a name that evokes reverence, respect, awe, and just humility. And that is the Vilna Gon. Yehu, the son of Shlomo Zalman, uh, was a, known as the Vilna Gon. He was the genius from Vilna, and there's probably no better way to describe him. Another acronym he's called by is the GRA, which stands for a Gon, Rebbeinu Eliyahu. And he was born in 1720, passed away in 1797. He was a scholar of highest note when it came to Babli, Yerushalmi, Safri, Safra, Halacha, and Kabbalah. And he was also a very staunch misnagid who fought against the Hasidish movement. We'll talk about that as well. Um, he's considered the Rav of all yeshivas because his great student, Rav Chaim Vlazhin, started the Vlazhin Yeshiva, which started the yeshiva movement in the 1800s, and it was through his uh, guidance that uh, this was brought into place. He spent most of his life, most of his 77 years, in Vilnius, which is in Russia, Vilna, as we call it, um, and he is buried there as well. Today, Vilna is in present-day Lithuania, but in his time, it was uh, Russian. He was a child prodigy, by all accounts, uh, the Pnei Moshe, or Moshe Margolius was a commentator on the Yerushalmi. Um, he was his Rebbe for his younger years, and supposedly he gave him back to his father at age 5 or 10, depending on which version of the story, and said, I can no longer teach your son anything else. I've taught him everything that I know. So the only one's mind was certainly brilliant. His own father was also uh, his Rebbe, passing on the Masora to him. By the time he was 20 years old, his fame had spread throughout certainly all of uh, Europe, and uh, his glosses on the Shulchan Aruch, Biuri Hagra, put out by his sons um, and written mostly by his pen, are uh, considered uh, brilliant in their penetrating detail of halacha and uh, extremely succinct to the point um, and very pertinent and need to be addressed in all halachic decisions. The Mishabura quotes him uh, often, and uh, he certainly uh, influenced the way that we understand halacha. Although uh, Rev. Chaim Vlazhin carried on the legacy of his Rebbe, which was to be a misnagid and uh, fight against Hasidus, which was spreading like wildfire, in their opinion, um, Rev. Chaim's son, Rev. Itzla of Vlazhin, did accept Hasidus uh, to some degree. And it's been explained that the Gra's staunch um, opposition to it was in order to keep it in check and that ultimately... Uh, the balance between Misnagdim and Hasidim, although, of course, there were some fundamental differences between them, but ultimately we are serving the same Rebunah Shalom, and a healthy balance has been reached between the two circles. It is said about the Gra that by age four he had memorized the entire Tanakh, and um, he certainly had what seems to be a photographic and brilliant memory. Um, he was well-versed in science and astronomy, and... Um, he even wrote uh, some math books which helped explain Torah concepts, and he was not afraid of science in any which way, as he saw it to uh, help explain Torah, but more importantly, from Torah itself, there was so much science to be learned.
the Vilna Gaon's big idea was that everything is in the Torah, and he would spend much of his time, this is testified to by the, um, or Baruch Epstein, the author of the Torah Tmima, whose Sefer was meant to bridge together Torah Shavuchsav and Torah Shavuchsav. He explains that the Vilna Gaon, for the last years of his life, spent most of his time learning through Chumash and explaining how the concepts of Chumash all hint to Mamari Chazal and the depths of the world. Very famously, he refused to accept any position as the Rav. However, he's listed as one of the founders and one of the original Magide Shir of almost every great initiative in his time in Vilna. So, for example, the Mishnayis, Chavar Mishnayis, Chavar Halacha, and other groups, uh, he was one that led off their Shiurim, according to Pincus's, which is our, which are uh, documents that come from his time. So he was, we know that he was extremely involved in the community, although he did not hold any official position and refused to take an official position. In the famous controversy between Rav Yonas and Ibshitz and Rav Yaakov Emden, the Vilna Gon, uh, did defend Rav Yonas and Ibshitz and uh, did sign some documents as well. And uh, only because Rav Yonas and Ibshitz, who was one of the Gedele Hadar, who was 65 at the time, had requested of the Gra, who was 35 at the time in 1755, uh, to express his opinion because the Gra was considered a world expert in Kabbalah at that time. The Gra was interested in teaching Torah to those that were fit to learn, and most importantly, uh, he was not looking to teach to the throngs. He focused on his select Talmidim, who were great people, his chosen Talmidim, and they were really the ones that, whom developed and uh, spread his Torah throughout the world. And most of the Torah of the Gra that we have now is because of these Talmidim of his, um, be it Rav Chaim Velazhin, his most famous pupil, who met him when he was a young boy and complained to him that he had studied uh, Moed, I think it was 20 four times or so and didn't remember it. And the Vilna Gon looked at him incredulously and said, you only reviewed it 24 times and you expect to still remember it? You have to just constantly go over it over and over again. That's the way Torah is until it sinks inside you. And so that was one of his most famous Talmudim, um, Rabbi Mendel of Sokolov, a very famous Talmud of his who put out the Gron Mishle. Ritzagai is a cover, is very famous uh, Kabbalist Talmud of his who put out many Sfarim based on the Vilna Gon's Torah. As the Graz children themselves testify about their father, uh, he fulfilled the mission in Avos, and he did not uh, go after any honor or wealth or food because it was Kachi Dark Torah, Pasam Al Tocha They literally described his uh, two hours of sleep taken in 30 minute increments that he slept and his uh, minuscule bread and water that he ate. Yet, as my Rebbe Ravasha Rubenstein always quoted, the Vilna Gon was a man who lived a life of simcha and was nurtured and happy and people watched him and they wanted to see where he was getting this nurturance from and they saw that he literally was getting it from a Torah. The Torah was nurturing him and giving him life and health and vitality. We know, uh, fascinatingly, that the Vilna Gon uh, tried to make a trip to Eretz Yisrael, um, but he did not get past Germany. It was very, very difficult to get there. Eventually, his Talmudim got there and they even adapted many of his customs. The Talmidah Hagra were some, from the original settlers in the 1800s. Um, in fact, his letter that he wrote, um, Alam Latrufa, which is uh, leaves for healing, or medicinal leaves, uh, was a Musar tree site that he left for his uh, family on his trip to Eretz Israel, but we know that he was never Zoha to complete that trip. But it was published first in 1836 by his Talmidim. His influence was extremely large, and um, there's no way to describe the fame and brilliance that, uh, that he's been ascribed to. 
Uh, many people consider him almost on the level of Rishonim. The Chazanish had tremendous reverence for him, and uh, the revelations of the Vilnagon were phenomenal. The Vilnagon um, himself had tremendous reverence for Rav Chaim Lozado, the famous author of Basil Sharm, and he even said about him that there are only three people that understand Kisve Arizal fully, um, besides Arizal himself, obviously, and that was Rav Chaim Vital, the author, and Rav Moshe Chaim Lozado, the Ramchal, and the Vilnagon himself which is just a fascinating statement. Between 1808 and 1812, which was a very tumultuous world time, uh, about 500 uh, students of the Gra, uh, groups of students of the Gra, made Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael and started the Purushim, their Talmidei HaGra, the those that separated themselves from Olam Haza, and they became the foundation of the resettlement of Eretz Yisrael. Like I said, they got that name Purushim because it meant they separated themselves from Olam Haza, and they most of them settled in Sfas originally because the Muslim authorities that were living in Jerusalem at the time uh, did not want Ashkenazi Jews settling there. But there were many calamities that took place there, plagues and earthquakes, and um, they eventually uh, came there. And although many Sephardi had been there from before, even 100 years before, uh, the Ashkenazi community began to grow tremendously. And there was a rebirth and a very fascinating uh, interest in Vilnagon's um, Torah, whether in Nigla and Nister as well. Rabbi Moshe Maselman, himself a brilliant Rosh Hashiva and historian, um, and once remarked something fascinating, which I've heard from other people as well, but the way he brings it out I think is very powerful, and that is that throughout history of a Jewish people, there's always been certain unique individuals who come at a time of crisis and transition and whose influence is just paramount and everlasting and shapes the Jewish nation. For example, when the yeshivas in, in Bubble started to wane and the center of Jewish life moved to Europe, it was Rashi who spearheaded the force of uniting Torah scholars and uniting Torah scholarship to focus on uh, in his commentary of Shas, where he really brought together France and Germany. And a lot of his ideas became the foundation of how we poskin following Ra- the halacha of Rashi. In Spain... Uh, the mantle was assumed by the Rif, the famous Rav Yitzhak Alfasi, and he gathered together all the halachas um, pertaining to uh, throughout Shas. And, for example, another person at a transition period was Rav Yosef Karo, who brought together the Shulchan Aruch that basically established a, a norm for all of Jewish halacha. Well, the mid-18th century uh, was a very tumultuous time. There were massacres going on, and there were shops at Tzvi and other false Messianic people who were stepping up. And the Vilna Gon came. He was born, actually, the first day of Pesach, 15th of Nisan. And he died on the fourth day of Sigis, which is just interesting. He was born into a very distinguished family. And um, in, on his mother's side, he was a descendant of Ramosha Rivkas, who was the author of the Ber Hagola, very famous, wrote a very famous commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. On his father's side, he was from Ramosha Kramer, who was also a very famous uh, Vilna Rav, and he was named for his paternal great-grandfather, Elioa Chassid, um, who was also known for his uh, piety and greatness. Um, his life was a phenomenal life of tremendous hasmada learning and um, understanding the depths of Torah, the depths of Ashkafa, the depths of what Hashem wants from us, and a tremendous service of Hashem with unrelenting dedication. Because of the pivotal role of the Gra, he has been studied in both Jewish and secular uh, venues, and we actually uh, know a lot about his family. So just 
mention a couple of things that are a little interesting. The girl was married twice. His first wife actually passed away. Um, her name was either Kahana of Caden. Um, different people tr- pronounce it differently. Uh, we know that she was the daughter of Yehuda Lave of Caden, and she died in 1782. So uh, the Vilna Gon outlived her. Um, his second wife uh, was Gittel Luntz, and uh, she was the daughter of Mayor Luntz. And we know that she died in 1797. So, like I said earlier, we know that the Gruz father was Shlomo Zalman. His mother's name was probably uh, Trina. There are many descendants uh, alive from the Vilna Gon that trace themselves to him. And they have a lot of Shlomo Zalman and Eliyahu and Trinas in their family, which is a very unique name. We know that the Vilna Gon's first wife, Kahana, really took care of the family. And uh, the Vilna Gon was eternally grateful to her because she dedicated herself totally to him and to his learning, and he was able to dedicate himself fully to his learning as well. And we know that his second wife, Gittel, um, was a widow who had children from her first husband, whose name was Nachum. Um, and we also know that the Vilna Gon did not have any children uh, from her. As far as descendants of the Gra, we know that he had a daughter, probably his oldest daughter. We don't know what her name was, but um, she, we know that she was engaged in 1756. And so um, we know that uh, she definitely existed. Um, there is a um, daughter whose name is Kihina of Pinsk, and she was born in 1748. We know that she uh, was married twice, actually. She married a Zalman Zelig Chinitz, um, and when he died, she married a Moshe of Pinsk. Um, we know that they had quite a number of children together um, from both marriages. There was another daughter whose name was probably something along the lines of Pesha Basia. And um, we know that she was married to a Tzvi Hirsch Donchin. Um, we know that he had another daughter who was not able to have children. And there's a whole story regarding her. We know that he had a son named Shlomo Zalman, who was the son of Eliyahu and uh, Kahana. And he was born in, in 1758. He was a scholar, but we know that after having two children, two daughters, uh, he died very young. He had been married to a girl named Rachel, who unfortunately died in childbirth as well. Um, we know that there was some deal between uh, the Vilna Gon and his Mechutanim, um, Yisrael Kissen, that, that he was going, that Yisrael was going to support the young couple at first, and the girl was going to take over. But uh, it seems that the Vilna Gon uh, was not able to uh, pay for them financially. And when they both passed away, he actually adopted these two daughters and raised them in his house and did support them as fulfillment of his deal. Probably the most famous child of, of the Vilna was Yehuda Leib, um, who was married to Avram of Sirhei and Esther Jaffe's daughter. Um, we know that he died in 1816, and uh, we don't know what his wife's name was. And what we do know is that he wrote a number of Sfarim from the Vilna Probably one of the most famous parts about Yehuda Leib is that he had a daughter named Gittel. I guess that might have been named after someone in the family. I mean, that was the Villanagone's second wife name, but she was born in 1787 and she married the famous Yitzhak Danzig. Now Yitzhak Danzig was born in 1785 in Vilna and he was the son of the Chayadim or Avram Danzig. And her, by the way, Avraham Danzig, his wife's name was Sarah, Sarah Siegel. And either way, so hence the Villanagone's granddaughter Gittel was married to the Chayadim's son, Yitzhak Danzig. And this is one of the reasons that the uh, Chai Adam spent so much time defending the opinion of the Gra, and he even writes famously 
that those who um, are mavaza the gra and think that uh, they don't want to discuss his Torah and his halachas are actually causing him pain because a tzaddik wants his Torah to be discussed and, uh, of course, with tremendous respect, but if the poskim in the generation who are alive have a different opinion, then uh, certainly with their wisdom, they are able to uh, come up with a proper halacha. And he uh, usually follows the Vilna Gon, but sometimes he dissented and fought against him um, and argued with him in halacha uh, based on his rabbi was a noted Behuda, and he was certainly a tremendous uh, leader of a generation. And we know that the Chai Adam was something that established the halacha for hundreds of years in Kalei Yisrael, uh, followed by the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, and then followed by the Mishabur, which uh, is, seems to be the most accepted uh, Posig Achron, and then, of course, the Igris Moshe, who clarified so many of the things, and then the Achronim after that. The girl had another son named Avram. Um, we know that he was born in 1765 in Vilna again, and he married a Sarah Mindis Lipschitz. And uh, we know that there was a Tauba, was another a daughter of his. Some of the Gra's own descendants ended up in Svat and living in Israel. Many of them ran away from Russia trying to evade military service. One such example is the son of um, this couple that I was just mentioning, uh, Tauba. Um, so one of her sons was Eliyahu Rizil. He was born in 1797 and he became a shochet. And what happened was he ran away from Russia to evade the military service and ended up in Romania. And then he gave up his position as a shochet because he had a dream which predicted, which ended up happening, that he would be compelled to uh, give, to put a heksher on something that he did not feel was kosher. And that actually happened and he quit because of it. He ended up moving to Svat in 1836 with his wife and his children. And legend has it that in 1837 there was a big earthquake in Svat that killed out hundreds of people including, unfortunately, his own wife and many of his children. And um, he himself uh, was saved by the Vilna Gon. Uh, somehow, there's some legend that the Gra saved him. We don't know exactly how, whether it was with a vision or something. Um, but unfortunately, he ended up dying later on that year. And two of his own sons actually went back to Europe after that because it was a hard life there. It was not an easy thing. And we know there is one more daughter. So if you're counting all that, that's quite... Quite a large amount of descendants fall from the Vilna Gon and his first wife. Many of them died young, but uh, a very, very prolific family. And in many of these books, most of my sources are from Eliyahu's branches, the descendants of the Vilna Gon and his family. It's a 704-page book uh, covering about uh, 20, uh, with bibli bibliographical information of over 20,000 descendants of the Gra and their siblings, with uh, 3,300 different surnames, 13 generations, and 650 citations. Um, it's quite a fascinating book if you're interested in the historical part. But of course, where the Gra lives is not in the family trees or anything like that. It's in the Torah that he has given to us. And the brilliant uh, lessons that he instilled in us is what keeps the Vilna Gon alive. That Sifsosov Dovos Bekever, the Tzadikim Misosim Kurin Chaim, that's where the Gra really lives. And of course, we're fascinated by his physical existence. But the truth is that his many, many descendants and his many, many Talmidim, he uh, learned under Rabbeim, who had a Masora from Moshe Kibbal Torah Messiah. You could trace yourself, the Vilna Gon trace himself back to the Kadmonim. And the Kadmonim, uh, you know, go all the way back to the Shoftim and the Nevi'im and to Moshe and Yoshua. And the Masora from the Vilna Gon is very, very clear. We know uh, many of his Talmidim, whether it was Rechaim Velazhin in the famous Velazhin Yeshiva, and Rechaim's son, Ritzel Velazhin, 
and the Nativ, um, who was the Rebbe of so many famous people. Uh, we know that the Chafetz Chaim learned under uh, people who were Talmide, Talmide Hagra, so second generation Talmide Hagra. And we know that Rochan Wasserman was a Talmud of the Chafetz Chaim. You know, the Panamajarov was a Talmud of the Chafetz Chaim. <clears throat> Many of Rochan Wasserman's Talmudim, most famously, of Mendel Kaplan, who was a Rebbe that brought uh, so much of Rochan's Torah to America. Uh, so that, that is a Messorah that goes all the way back up to Moshe. And many of the Talmud of the Panavajarov, who was a Talmud Muvak of the Chavetz Chaim, brought that to the Eretz Yisrael branch. And so many of the Rosh Yeshivas, including my own Rebbe, Rav Asher Zelig Rubenstein, that's all learned under the Panavajarov. And uh, many of the great Gedolei Hadar uh, were involved in Panavaj, whether, uh, and Rav Shach himself was a Talmud of the Chavetz Chaim, and Rav Chaim Moser. All this Masorah, the great city of Vilna, goes back and to the Vilnagon, which goes back to the Kadmonim, which goes back to Moshe to Kibbal Torah Messinai. That is the foundation of our Jewish faith. And as we go through uh, the beautiful and brilliant nuggets of wisdom from the Vilnagon, let us be inspired by its brilliance, let us be inspired by its Yerushamayim, and let us see the depth of Torah and the beauty of Torah. That was the Gra's mission, to teach people how to be Ovdeh Hashem and to serve Hashem and to see the congruence of Torah and the depth and penetration, the all-encompassing, like Rav Hutner always says, that it's called Chachmas Emes. Why is Kabbalah called Emes? Because Emes is when everything jives. And like the Grah says, that when Pshat is accurate, then it fits into the Sod. And when the Sod is accurate, it fits into the Remes and the Drush and the Pshat, and everything ties together, and everything is perfect. And that's what we're looking for. When we look at the Torah, we're trying to study it, and we should understand it as deep as possible, and it should have the biggest impact on us. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.